When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mika, you came to Colorado State to step-by-step build this program. Uh, your kids seem to want to take two steps at a time. Is that what you like best about this group? Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, I like I told the guys after, I mean, they, they should be disappointed. We came here to win. We're just ha- we're happy to be here, but we weren't just happy to be here. We wanted to win, and we believed we could win. But at the same point in time, you know, those are guys who, who follow the program and all the work that they've put in and continuing to take the next step. And um, this team accomplished a ton this year. Uh, uh, the fans and the energy around the program and the success that we've had has just been unbelievable. And the goal is, can we take another one? You know, and that's what this group has always done. And we're just going to have to learn this from this experience like we do all the time to, to grow and get better and, and, and perform better and improve in the offseason. Um, but I like groups that want to keep taking steps forward. That's what life is. You know, you, 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 you learn from it and move on. And, um, but, th- you know, this will sting, and it should. You know, these guys came here and they had an opportunity to win, and we didn't get the job done. What's up, guys? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael out in Indianapolis. It is now Thursday night. We have had some time to reflect, to calm down, to think about the disappointing outcome today of the Colorado State-Michigan game. I obviously started the podcast here with that quote from Nico Medved responding to the question from Mike Brohard. I thought it was a really good question. Really liked the response as well. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll notice that post-game, you know, I I posted a couple of tweets, both from the DNVR account as well as my personal account, just saying, you know, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be disappointed. I mean, this this team was so phenomenally talented, and we saw, you know, CSU had the ability to compete with this Michigan team to potentially beat them. I mean, you're up 15. To lose that way is is gut-wrenching. It's heartbreaking. But this season isn't defined by 40 minutes of basketball. They earned the highest seed in program history. They had wins over Creighton, St. Mary's, Mississippi State. They swept the season champs. They had wins over all the top four teams in the Mountain West. You have five straight sellouts to end the year. This was a phenomenal season. David Roddy wins Mountain West Player of the Year. He's honorable mention All-American. Isaiah Stevens, second team All-Conference. And I get that in the moment, you know, in, in the emotion of the moment, it's, it's hard to be able to appreciate any of that. And, you know, even Nico Medved said that, you know, there's, there's nothing I can say to the players right now that's going to make them feel better. And to some extent, that's kind of how I feel with this podcast and you guys. Like, there's nothing I can say that's going to make you feel better about the way that they lost this game, about how it played out. It sucked. I mean, they got bullied in the second half. And, you know, we kind of watched the Rams crumble under the pressure. And I will say... 
they looked exhausted. I mean, they just looked absolutely spent. And I, I wonder how much, you know, adrenaline played into that. Obviously, it was a really big opportunity. You're the first game of the day. You come out, you get that big lead. You know, you're, you're exerting yourself and, and you're going hard. And, you know, by the end of it, they just they didn't have any gas in the tank left. And that's just all part of the process. You know, I think we all want to see CSU go forward. You know, again, I'm not telling people that they shouldn't be disappointed, that they shouldn't have, you know, expected CSU to, to have a chance to win this game. They were good enough to win. They could have won. It was right there for the taking. It didn't play out that way. That's sports. Sports are mostly heartbreak. I talk about this all the time, guys, and I know that nobody knows this more than CSU fans, but sports are mostly heartbreak and letdowns and setbacks and frustration. And so if you can't enjoy the process, if you can't enjoy the journey, what's the point of all this? You're just going to be miserable all the time. I'll say it one more time because I don't want it to get misconstrued here. I'm not telling the fans they shouldn't be upset about the outcome, that they shouldn't have had expectations, that they shouldn't want to strive for greatness. None of that. What I'm saying is that the process rarely happens as fast as you want it to. The people inside the program know that. Nobody's panicking. Is it going to sting for a while? Yeah, it's going to sting for a long while for the fans. It's going to sting even longer for the players, for the coaches that had to watch the Michigan fans, you know, storm or the players, excuse me, you know, celebrate together and, you know, the, the coaches, you know, high five in and then the Michigan fans going crazy, they didn't storm, but, you know, just going absolutely insane. That's going to stick with these guys for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives. They'll never forget that because you never know. I mean, I, expectations for the program are high. It's in a great position. You know, I'm, I'm very, I think there's a very good chance that CSU is back in the NCAA tournament next year. And maybe they build off of it, kind of like what happened with Tim Miles. Make it the first year, get bounced by Murray State, make it the second year, you know, go on and and win a game against Missouri before losing to, to Louisville. And obviously, you know, someday it'd be great to see CSU in, in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or, or even beyond. But in a format where it's single elimination, where it's win or go home, sometimes you're just going to come up short. It's, I mean... It's, it's, it's why they play series, you know, in the NBA, because the best team is, is more than likely going to come out and, on top if you play the game, you know, a certain amount of times, five, seven times. So I, I know that some people are going to roll their eyes or, you know, call me an apologist or say that I'm accepting mediocrity. But I think if you look at this season and you frame this as a failure or as mediocrity, I just... I, I can't get behind that. I don't understand it in any way or form. This this was the complete opposite of football in, in every single way. Ultimately, I think, you know, even tomorrow, a couple days from now, most CSU fans will, will come around to that line of thinking. And and I saw plenty of fans that were thinking that way on Twitter as well. I mean, always the the most aggressive, you know, the angriest, those people are always going to stand out in the crowd. That's just how it works. But I just wanted to kind of acknowledge the situation and, and explain where I'm coming from because... Again, you know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have standards. I'm just saying that you have to occasionally temper your expectations and also just understand the wonkiness that is participating in March Madness. I, I was at the game tonight, literally watched history, watched St. Peter's, a school with an enrollment of like 2,000 take down Kentucky. And again, you know, I saw some people being like, oh, if they can do it, why can't we? But that's, you know, it's a silly comparison. Every game is its own deal you know it's it's just what makes this tournament so fun it, it makes it heartbreaking i mean the reality is is one team wins 
You know, the other 67 go home disappointed. Did we want more? Yes. Did we expect more? Yes. But does coming up short against a, a Power 5 team that was, you know, preseason top 10 that has an absurd amount of talent that participated in the Elite Eight last year mean that, you know, this season was a failure, that everything that CSU accomplished was for naught? No. Look at the state of the program. Look at the excitement for CSU basketball. Was this not the most fun year in a decade? Even more, I think this was the most fun I've ever had following CSU basketball. So my advice is just take 24 hours. Take 48 hours. Whatever it, you know, whatever it takes you. Enjoy the rest of this tournament. And then look back at everything CSU accomplished and, and recognize where this program was just a few short years ago and how it would have been. It would have been a total freaking fantasy to think of CSU winning 25 games and not not like a BS 25 games where you manipulate the schedule and, and you're beating, you know, DU and CSU Pueblo. They're beating Oral Roberts and Max Azmus, one of the best scorers in the country. St. Mary's, one of the most veteran teams in the country. They beat Gonzaga this year. That's how good they are. Beating Creighton on a neutral court, a team that came back to beat San Diego State tonight. Tough scene at the show, San Diego State. God, their fans are pricks, man. Like, you see all this shared camaraderie amongst the league. You know, hey, I hope the Mountain West represents well. And then they come in hot, just like dancing on everybody's graves. It was it was total karma to have them choke that game away. I'm, I'm going to be real. I wanted the Mountain West to, to show well. I think going 0-4, while fair or not, is going to, to impact the reputation of the league. Again, I think basing your entire opinion based on the outcomes of these games is... It's it's just a little bit of a, a flawed way to look at it. Again, I mean, it's a results business. I'm not saying postseason success doesn't matter. But I, I also think weird stuff happens all the time. And the, the best teams in college basketball aren't necessarily the teams that are making the Final Four. That's why it's so fun, you know? <laughs> but it's also why it's so heartbreaking. All right, I'm going to get into some of my takeaways from the game here. But real quick, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code DNVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out the homies over at Sexy Pizza. What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. Choose your own adventure with their wide range of toppings or try one of their own signature philanthropies. A portion of every sale of these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. Looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or event? Go to www.sexy.pizza, check out their About page for the donations link, and see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. With a 12-inch, 16-inch, or 18-inch crust, Sexy Pizza is sure to be the right fit. Add on all the fixins with wings, salads, pasta, knots, or dessert options. Don't forget about their vegan options, delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust, or you can get yourself a can't-miss hit with the... the um, 
wings, man. Their wings are fire. We had them at the Broncos tailgate. The garlic knots are also can't miss. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, or Park Hill. If you're out in Trinidad, they actually just opened a fifth location out there. Make sure you hit it up. Sexy pizza is the truth. All right, we already got into some of the greater takeaways just from the loss and, you know, how you frame your mindset and, you know, takeaways on the state of the program and all that, which, you know, I think I made it pretty clear how I feel. Phenomenal season, programs in great hands. So long as, you know, you get most of this core back next season, you should be primed to make a run. I mean, again, there's there's never any guarantees when you're a G5 school. The extension, I would assume, keeps Medved at least in town next year. But again, you know, sometimes assuming makes an ass out of you and I. But, you know, since we are operating under that assumption, you know, you get all these guys back, at least most of them. You bring in some transfers, maybe, you know, a highly touted rec- recruit or two. And, you know, you make another run at it. It's just kind of how it goes. You take it one year at a time. You made the NIT. You made a deep run. You built off that. This year, you know, you contended for the conference. And you made the the tournament. And next year, you know, you try and take it one step further. Try and win the Mountain West. Try and win some games in the NCAA tournament. As far as this game goes, though, I mean, obviously, the foul disparity was huge. I don't think officiating was the reason that CSU lost this game. But... I I do think that Roddy and Isaiah Stevens in particular got terrible whistles in this game. You could just see it on their face. They were bewildered at times. The the touch foul on Roddy near half court at the end of the first half, I felt like was killer. Just it allowed them to cut into the lead even further. I mean, again, you know, you're up 15 with five minutes left in the first half. You only go into the break with a seven point lead. I mean, if if it even would have been 10, I just, with how uncomposed this Michigan team has been all year, they were playing sloppy as hell out of the gate, turning the ball over left and right. They probably lay down, but, you know, CSU, they just, they couldn't step on the throat. They let them hang around, and eventually, you know, Michigan, they they got in a rhythm in the post. Hunter Dickinson was a beast, 8 of 10 from the floor, 21 points, seemingly could not miss from, you know, around three, four feet from the hoop. That guy has great touch, definitely an NBA player. But I just really feel like CSU settled for for far too many jump shots. I mean, it, it was great to see Deshaun Thomas hit five threes in this one, led the, the Rams with 15 points early, especially. I mean, that had an opportunity to, to really open up the floor and, and create some driving lanes. But I just, I don't feel like CSU took advantage of them. They just started settling for jumpers. And, and that was something that Medved brought up post game. It can be a bit of a blessing and a curse to hit some of those jumpers early, especially with this CSU team. We've seen it, you know, they do it and and then they start going for it repeatedly and then they just don't fall. You know, eventually the the numbers even out over time and CSU 12 of 35, it's not horrible, but 35 three-point attempts, it was just too many, you know, probably like eight or nine too many. The frustrating part too was when they did put the ball on the the floor and, and were willing to kind of put their head down and attack the hoop, they were often able to get there. You know, James Moores drove on Dickinson once. Roddy did it a couple of times. I wish he would have done it more in this game. Isaiah Stevens in that second half was was blowing past people left and right. Very uncharacteristically didn't have the touch on a couple of layups. And unfortunately, it just ended up being big swings. You know, sometimes he missed shots. It is what it is. You don't expect him to miss those layups. When he did, though, Michigan took advantage. You know, they turned it into to a couple of threes on the other side. and. 
it all just kind of ended up being a perfect storm with CSU being fatigued and CSU being undersized and the shots not falling and foul trouble and then Michigan getting confident and obviously they had fans there, it got loud. And it was just kind of like watching a car crash in slow motion, man. You could see it coming from half a block and you keep thinking somebody's going to adjust, somebody's going to swerve or hit the brakes or do something. But, you know, they went head on into each other and ended up being a disappointing outcome. Diving into some of the numbers here, Michigan shot 54% from the floor compared to 35% for CSU. CSU missed their last five attempts from the floor. Uh, one of eight to close the game. No field goals over the last 234. Again, they just they looked gassed. And I think part of that was you know, trying to deal with the the big athletic guys of, of Michigan, but also I think adrenaline and, you know, just kind of expending yourself a little bit too much too early that there's, there's a process to it and learning kind of how to, to play in these types of games. A uh, three point percentage CSU did top Michigan 34%. Michigan hit 29%, four of 14, but they did go four of seven from three point range in the second half, it, it wasn't like they lit us up or, or anything like that. It was just kind of an instance of of hitting a couple of timely ones. You know, like I said, they were after a couple of missed layups, and it all just it all went Michigan's way in the second half. They were the, they were more aggressive team in the second half. They they deserved to to win the game definitely. Again, I I felt like Roddy and Stevens got some tough calls against them. You know, seeing Isaiah Stevens foul out something that doesn't happen very often. But that's basketball, and you know the the disparity in fouls really added up. Michigan had twenty two free throw attempts in this one. CSU had seven. They went five of seven from the free throw line, which is pretty good, but tough to lose when there's that big of a gap. You know, you can complain about the calls to an extent, but you just have to credit Michigan for for forcing the issue, especially late. CSU did force 15 turnovers in this one, a lot of them in the first half. It only resulted in 17 points, though. You know, you got to be able to capitalize off those a little bit more. Total rebounds, Michigan held the advantage 36-25. No shocker there. I actually felt like CSU, you know, all things considered, did a pretty good job on the glass. 15 points on the bench compared to just four from Michigan. You know, again, if you're just looking at that, probably think CSU's in it. But they needed that number to be, you know, closer to like 22. That was one of the things I was talking about with Kevin Lytle pregame. You know, just you need some of these other guys. Kendall Moore, who did have 10 points. Uh, John Tanje, you know, to, to kind of step up. Another, you know, a tough game for Tanje. you got to respect the hell out of his toughness. Two points, but 1-9 from the floor. 0-4 from deep. You know, he just, he didn't seem to have his legs these last couple of games. And... Again, you know, the fact that he's playing with a torn meniscus is insane. You can never, never question that dude's heart or, you know, how much he wants to to be there for his team. But the explosiveness, it just wasn't the same. And it was pretty clear, you know, you could see it. I think that's a big reason why Jalen Lake got 16 minutes in this game more than I expected. He had a couple of threes. Nice to see the, the true freshman confident. A couple of shots he jacked up probably unnecessarily, but... You know, again, given the flow of the game, can't really blame him there. They just needed a, a little more, you know. They needed a little more from Stevens and Roddy, and they needed a little more from the bench guys as well. You know, all all together as a team, CSU just came up just short, you know, just not good enough. We'll have plenty of time to start, you know, thinking about the future. I'll write a couple more pieces on this game, some takeaways, that type of stuff. Uh, we'll kind of have to see what happens as as far as the roster goes. Obviously, in the modern era, 
you just never know what's going to happen as as far as the the transfer situation goes. But I I I think we'll see Roddy and Stevens back next year. I do think both of them will test their you know dip their toes in the NBA draft process, and really, there's no reason not to. You get to go work on your game and and get evaluated and told what you need to to fix. But I mean, unprompted, Roddy a bunch of different times today in the interview, you know, was like talking about getting back to work and, and next year and all of that is is very encouraging if you're a CSU fan. You know, sometimes you have to take some of that stuff with a grain of salt. You know, we we do have to recognize that coaches and, and players understand how the game is played as well. They're, you know, not gonna say anything controversial or anything that's gonna get people to freak out, but it feels genuine with Rowdy. You know, he he feels like a straight shooter. I, I don't think he would say stuff like that if if that's not what he felt, you know, in his heart and, and what he intended to do at the moment. You know, you never know. Things can change. Maybe he goes and gets evaluated and everybody's like, man, you're going to be a first-round pick. And if at, at that point, you know, it's probably tough to come back. But I think with the, the way this season ended and, you know, just the heartbreak, you know, I, I think we're going to get a, a fired-up Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy leading this team next year. And I think they're going to be damn dangerous. You know, we'll see what happens with the seniors at, at this point. I would say I, I don't really expect them to be back. I, I think if they can keep, you know, Adam as a GA or something like that, maybe. But just given that his role was was so reduced and, and the injuries, and he's obviously got a very bright future ahead outside of basketball, I don't know if he'd want to come back, you know, to just be a fifth-year senior that's, you know, playing garbage minutes. And as far as Kendall goes, you know, he obviously has a daughter, has a future to think about. You know, he might decide, I, I just want to go play pro ball overseas now and, you know, start making money. And if, if he were to decide that, nobody would blame him. It it would be great to see both these guys back in the program in, in some form. Again, maybe Kendall comes back as a player. Maybe Adam comes back as a player. Maybe he comes back as a J. I'm not sure. Expect to get some clarity on that, you know, in the, in the coming weeks. But that's just kind of where, where my gut's at right now. I, I think they're probably going to have three scholarships open, potentially, you know, four or more. If, if other people decide to transfer out, we shall see. All right, I'll, I'll have plenty of time to talk about this game again tomorrow. I'm running on about three hours of sleep, got in about 4 a.m. locally. Quick turnaround with it being the first game. It was a blast, but my brain is moving slow at the moment. <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for following along all season. It was an incredible journey. I feel very privileged to, you know, be able to create CSU content for you. I mean, I've been a CSU guy my whole life, so I'm I'm legitimately living the dream. But I also know that that wouldn't be possible without all of you guys. And the support of the CSU Rams community is it's very humbling, it's it's very surreal, it's it's just incredible. So, I know that everybody doesn't necessarily agree with all of my takes all the time. That's fine, but I'm I'm glad that we can engage together and, and have this community and, and celebrate these teams together. And I really do think that there's a bright future ahead, both for this men's basketball program, for the women's basketball program. Obviously, volleyball is always in a great state, but things are changing for the better for football. You know, I I think there are bright days ahead for CSU athletics. I really do. Real quick here before I go, I do want to shout out a young Ram fan, Owen Rippey, who I had the Privilege to meet at the airport at DIA when I was coming out here for the game. He and his father came up, introduced themselves. Very nice. Had a lot of nice things to say about the podcast, but I just wanted to shout out a young Ram fan. 
I love to see that. I, you know, I hope you're repping the green and gold someday. I know that this loss was tough, but you know, that's what makes the the winning that much sweeter is, is going through this type of stuff. So shout out to you, Owen. We see you. We love you repping the Rams. Keep bleeding that green and gold. Word. I am going to go to bed. I'll have more content throughout the weekend. I'll have takeaways, features, all kinds of stuff coming out. And then we'll start to, to talk about football as well. So big stuff happening. Stay warm out there. Much love, Ram Nation. Always proud to be. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the